Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 371. We are your bi-weekly dose of news, reviews, opinions, and discussions exclusively for the casual gamer. My name is Brian Oski. And I'm Jason Hobbs. And today on The Inner Gamer, we're going to be talking about our, our review of Inscription, the game from last year that took everybody by surprise. And our first look at Ghostwire Tokyo, another game that came out last year that's now available on Game Pass. Also, we're going to talk about Nintendo's indie, indie world and a look at X to find it. Possibly the Call of Duty serial, serial killer. I was going to call it serial killer. Series killer. Series killer. <laughs> also, we're going to give our Dungeons and Dragons Honored Among Thieves review. So let's roll that D20 and cue that music. Cue the music. My brain's not here today. His brain's all gone today. Welcome to April 25th, 2023. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. If you want to show your support, you should consider donating or sharing this episode with a friend. You can visit theinnergamer.net slash donate to contribute. And you may notice that we are missing somebody again. We're missing it's, someone? Yes, we're missing somebody. Oh, yeah, it's been so long. It's we kind of so forgot long. he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> that none other, that person is not an awesome Morales. Still isn't showing up to our podcast. He's still alive. He he's still alive. He doesn't like <laughs> us anymore. Apparently, he doesn't want to come. So we keep the seat warm for him, but he hasn't come back yet. No, he's actually just been busy with other things. I guess he's got to like you know a life, do life stuff. I guess whatever. So still love um, him. Yeah, but he'll be back next podcast. I hope. I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm dreaming. Maybe <laughs> potentially we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. So with that, you got to stuck with us. I'm sorry, you know, stuck me, and, with me. Me, and, me and Jason here, but uh, that's okay oh. because I want to mention that we do have an event coming up. You can join us on May 11th at Maple Branch Brewery. The event should go live later this week. You can hang out with us, play some couch co-op games. It's free to attend. You can RSVP on Facebook RSVP. or meetup.com. Check that out. Um, and also I want to give a real exciting special shout out to a brand new Patron on patreon.com. It is uh, Jason. Thank you, Jason, for your donation. Not this Jason. You're welcome. A different Jason. <laughs> a different Jason. Likely a cooler Jason. Sorry, Jason. But yeah, uh, a cooler Jason because he's donating to us. You know, it's really <laughs> exciting. Um, so he just joined at the $5 tier to get the opportunity to choose a future discussion topic. Oh, nice. And, uh, and much more. So if you guys want to contribute to give back to the podcast in some capacity, you too can go to theinnergamer.net slash donate and contribute either on a monthly basis which will help us fund expanding the podcast building uh bringing in more guests you know buying better equipment doing more stuff on youtube um having better events all the above going to more trips that we can bring back great knowledge for you guys all that comes with the donation so head over there donate provide your support it's how we keep the lights on you know these lights don't pay for themselves i'm just saying so be great, great if you support us. But thank you, Jason, for your support. Really appreciate that. And let's dive into the topics of this week. First topic today is going to be our review of a game that came out last year called Inscription. Inscription. Jason, have you heard of this game? Never. 
Never, never, never ever, I, never, <laughs> never, ever, <laughs> never, you, ever. Whenever, <laughs> is this one of your story games? No. Like, whenever not. you said it, I, I was picturing, um, what's that one you played that was like a movie? Oh, that's probably, well, hang on a minute. Life is Strange? No, 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 no. That's like uh, you, you're watching a movie and pulling out clues. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a similar name. Oh, shit. What's it called? I, th- I thought we were reviewing that one again. Um, I saw it on. Uh, Threats an Eye. Damn it. What is it called? Why am I blank on the name? I'll look while you while you shit. give your spill on whatchamacallit. Uh do I should know the name of that. It's the uh, Sam Barlow. Sam Barlow. Immortality. Immortality. That's, that's what, it what it is. I was about to get on our podcast. It's like I knew thing. it was an eye. Yeah. I, yeah. I so is it similar? Not even close. Okay, cool. Completely different. <laughs> Completely different. But it is so it is similar in the sense that it's weird. Pull up some it's weird as shit, too. right? Yeah. Okay. So so what's going on with the inscription? So this is a game that I heard about last year and I never picked it up because it just, you know, so many other games got in my way kind of yeah. deal. So I finally was like, um, I was playing, what was I playing that led me Wait, to this game? I thought you already talked about this game. No. It's the card game. Yeah. Well, I talked to you about it, but I was like, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. Oh, that was after the podcast that yeah. you showed me. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. My bad. Um, so, uh, there is a, I was playing a game. What was I playing? I think I was playing. Oh, Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush is a wee- reason why I started this game. Cause okay. I wasn't having a good time with Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> it was fine, but I was just like, I was feeling like it was just something I've played before. Kind of, you know, the gameplay wasn't very exciting. So I was like, I'm going to pull up inscription. Cause I knew that game is really weird. So I pulled it up and then I kind of got sucked in. I'm like nine hours in this game right now. I haven't beat it yet, but I've been like powering through this thing real fast. Okay. So the way inscription is set up is it's ultimately um, so starts out you're you're in this room with this guy. You eventually find out his name's Leshy and he's this like beast dude that's really, really weird. And he's forcing you to play a card game. And you you real I mean you you think you're just like stuck here in front of this thing and you're just playing this card game with this dude and that's what you're doing. It's yeah. it's, it's interesting. And then um you learn quickly how to play the game and it is like a it's a it's a roguelike deck building game yeah. so if you played a deck building game like you start collecting cards you rearrange your cards to get the best outcome in your game um and it's roguelike in the sense that uh you keep playing and if you die you go back to where you started right okay so in the sense of that it's like if you play cult of lamb you know, in Cult of Lamb, you go into a boss run or you go into like a dungeons or you go into one of the, the runs mm-hmm. and you play through room to room and you get to pick your pathways, remember? Yeah. Like you can go, I want to go here. I want to go there. Well, you pick those pathways and then that gives you something you can do. So in this game, it's the exact same concept where one can be a deck battle against Leshy, the creepy dude, or it could be like there's a fire pit where you go to the fire pit and you get to like put in a card and it'll these like creature thingies these like totems or whatever will like upgrade your card um there's another one that like will sacrifice a card to put in another car to give it that an upgrade so cards are set up with uh, a pretty relatively simple mechanic so each card has obviously the name and then it's got a uh, power level and an attack or your health and your attack okay so your health of course is how much health you have until you die and then your attack is on the left hand side with a little paw print that tells you like how much you can do attack so you, you have a, a four lanes, and there's four lanes. There's a neutral neutral center section, and then their lane above you. So if I lay a card down and I see the enemy has a card, 
that means the next turn they're going to move that card in and that card will then attack my card. So I got you got to kind of play strategically mm-hmm. to determine where you want to lay your cards down because your goal is to attack the enemy's lane where they don't have a card because the cards are going to block and defend. So if you've ever played um, uh, like Hearthstone or something like that, similar to Hearthstone, where if there's a card in there blocking you, you have to kill that card before you can in attack order to the get enemy. Attack yeah. the enemy. Okay. So in this way, you're attacking the enemy, but you're not attacking a person. You're just you're creating actually these. You're you're collecting teeth. Um, so the teeth go on the scale, and the scale rises up and down, and you have to basically get more hits on their end than you do on your end, which I think it's like 10 one direction or the other. Okay. Um, so you have to balance, tip that scale down until it hits the ground and then you win the you game. You win the game. Yeah. So my question is, is like, I, I see the cards, they have numbers and stuff like that. And the artwork in this is pretty interesting. I liked you compared Super it cool to um, Cult of Lamb. Yeah. I, I get that vibe from it. But uh, so how I see the numbers on the cards, does that dictate what power level it's at and it attacks the card yeah so the so, number on the left is how much damage you're going to do to the enemy card so if okay. you have a card on the other side that has the little heart of two two and you have an attack of three you're going to kill that card because oh. three attacks two okay um so any card more, no matter no matter the card number it can attack any card correct okay got it w- within reason there are some that have so there's these things called sigils mm-hmm. and there are little markings on the center of a card and um, the video we're watching right now doesn't have any cards with sigils on them, but they show up in between the power and the attack level. And the sigils give you special buffs to a card. So if you right-click on the card, you'll be able to see what that sigil is. So there's one in particular that's a, a, a wing, and it's an airborne card. And the airborne card means it directly attacks the enemy and bypasses the card that's blocking it. Okay. So it'll always go straight in attack. And there's other sigils that, like, if this card dies, put it back in your hand. So it never dies. It just keeps coming back. So there is some kind of uh, strategy to this every once in a while. Ton of strategy. Yeah, there's there's definitely, it's all about making sure, like, I was dying a shit ton in this game until I upgraded my card deck to, like, I started learning the systems in order to do the right attacks. It's really what I found out was, like, I needed to be taking out the enemy as fast as possible. Like, I can't let them build up their 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 side. side. Otherwise, I'd be screwed. So I started getting rid of all these, like, high cost cards and then because there's also a cost to all the cards so some cards few cards you can just lay down one of the cards you get is a squirrel and the squirrel is basically a free card to sacrifice because in this game you kill all the cards and you sacrifice them in order to spawn new cards so on some cards you'll notice a uh, like blood droplets on them that means how many cards you need to sacrifice how many animals you need to sacrifice basically in order to spawn this card so one blood droplet, you need to sacrifice one animal. So you have to kill that animal on the card on the floor mm-hmm. before you can spawn the new card. Got it. And then so you want to be sacrifice. a high level card. So squirrels are basically like just easy they're just sacrifice. throwaway cards throwaway that sacrifice. Cards. Yeah, got it. They're just a free because every every round you have to you draw from the deck. You have two decks you can draw from. One is your deck, your actual deck you've built. Yeah. And the other is your uh, your squirrel deck. So you just draw squirrels when you need cards to throw out and sacrifice, and then you draw from your deck you can, to actually do your deck. Technically, you don't have to sacrifice a squirrel if you don't want to. You can just sacrifice one of your stronger animals. You could, too, if you wanted to. Yeah, That's just like... Yeah. Um, and one thing that's interesting, too, is like you'll notice if you are if you ever watch videos of this, on the right-hand side, there's a bunch of like objects. There's like um, little canisters that has like a squirrel card inside of it. There's this thing that looks like something that like pliers different things like that. So as you're progressing through the roguelike elements going from place to place, there's a point where you can select from these uh, 
options to uh, give you an advantage, a buff. You can hold three extra items to give you a better advantage in the game. So one can be just another free squirrel card. So you can just grab the vase, pull out the card, and then you have an extra squirrel card. And then one of them is a little piece of pliers where you rip out a tooth from your mouth and drop it on the other team's scale to like (laughs) overload that. There's another one that you can do where uh, if you want to really turn the tides of the thing, you can actually pull out your eyeball. So you like actually like rip out your eyeball and you drop it on the scale and it drops the scale down like significantly. Your eyeball? Yeah, yeah. You pull out a, an eye. And then like the guy you're playing against will at the end of the game, if you win, if beat against him, he'll give you like a box of new eyes to put in your eye in your in your in your face. <laughs> what the fuck? One of those eyeballs actually gives you a gameplay advantage, uh. um, which is interesting. But uh, that's the main gameplay loop of this. And then so you put your cards down when you're done with your turn, you tap the little like um, bell on the table and then that'll like do your attack and then they go and attack and you just go back and forth back and forth until one wins and that's generally the loop of the game throughout the entire game however what's really different about this is it's not just a deck building card game um one thing you learn as you're playing through the game you have these little eyeballs that are staring at you that are playing against you you eventually realize that you can actually move away from the table and you can walk around well, inside of that, this room man? well so it's you'll see it's crazy <laughs> you'll see so as you're walking around it's a 3d game and they're like in a you're it's you're literally locked up in a room and you're like oh shit we're not i'm playing a card game with this guy yes but there's more to this story because when you get up he's like whoa what are you doing why are you leaving the table and you start walking around and you can like walk up it's like a cuckoo clock on the wall or there's this case with like a bunch of locks on it that you need to get a key for or there's um a bunch of different objects and so over like- time you learn that these things can are like puzzles. Yeah, puzzles. That if you unlock them, will give you more cards to enhance your deck. Um, and then you're also like you're just locked in. The other thing that's really interesting is there's a part in this game where if you die, you are taken outside of the room. You're pushed outside of the room because you see in this room there's like a a big door, and you're like this door is weird. There's like light coming through. There's a lot of noise in there. What's going on in this room? You don't oh. know what's going on in the room yet. But eventually when you die, you get pushed through that room and you're lying there and this Leshy character comes out and snaps a photo of you. And then he says, okay, now pick your death card. You're about to die, um, but you can come back as a card. So you get to like write a name on a card and you get to basically build a card and pull health, attack, and sigils from different cards to build your like ideal card deck. Hmm. And then so when you go back into the game you'll have that in your deck that you can then use, which is likely going to be a much stronger card than what you already have. Yeah. Every time you die, you can build those new cards and build out stronger card decks and stuff like that. Um, so you run through this whole thing and then you eventually go through a bunch of bosses because you have to fight different bosses in this. So as you go through like one map, you like start in like what they call like the, the wetlands, for example, and you go up and do the little pathways and then you get to a boss just like in Cult of the Lamb. When you get to this boss, you you fight it, and they have some kind of like advantage. So there's like the pelter, where at the end of every round, like he will take some of your cards and turn them into pelts. So then you have to then spawn in new cards. Hmm. One of them is a uh, um a guy that's like a, a gemstone. Like he's a I don't know. He like makes gemstones and shit like that. So he'll like at the end of the first, you have two. You have to kill him two times. The first time he kills you, or you kill him he will turn all of your cards on the table to gold 
So you have like blocks like blocking the way, but you can't play any cards until he knocks out those gold pieces. Mm. So you have to kind of like pick and choose where you go. There's one called the angler that is like every time you place a card down, he'll like put a little hook over top of it. And if you don't do something with that card, by the time his turn comes, he he steals that card. Yeah, which is crazy. Do you have any like special abilities yeah those are the ones that are on the right hand side that i was talking about that you oh collect okay over that time. you can collect over time and then okay. you eventually when you defeat the angler you actually get a fish hook that you can use to like take stuff hmm. so this is the room where you like move around so and, when like, you're exploring navigate. exploring the room can you go to the guy and like i don't know punch him nope it's him? like it's <laughs> like a kind of a very old school survival game where you just turn in like four different directions and yeah. just move forward to stuff but you can't move to him so with with this guy, with a boss or whatever, once you defeat him, does he have like some dramatic death scene of some sort? How do you kill him, or does he just get up and walk away? Um, so it's very different than that. But I'm not going to tell you what that is. Okay. I'm going to leave that up to the players to play this game. Oh, Brad, because, tease. Because this game, <laughs> I will say, uh, I do recommend, if you guys like deck building games, this game is largely a deck building card game. It's very, very fun, very, very strategic very challenging but super rewarding with every every run you do every mm-hmm. gameplay like it is one of those games where you like the more you play the more you die the better you get the stronger you get the more you can do damage and then okay. once you start doing damage and like winning decks or winning games you're like I'm a freaking god this is awesome <laughs> um but this game the story to this game is so interesting because you think you're just trapped inside this room and then the whole game changes not just once but twice and there's some significant changes to this game. Like the whole entire gameplay experience changes. Um, it's still ultimately a card game, but it's very, very different. And that's all I can say is like this game is nothing like what you expect it to be. All you see is this here, but this game, this is just like a third of what the game actually is, is what you see in the videos. Hmm. And it's freaking crazy, man. So good. So anyway, highly recommend Inscription. Check it out. PC only? Uh, good question. Actually, yeah, I think it is. Curious. I think it is. I'm playing on PC. I'm playing on Steam. I bought it like on a Steam sale for like super cheap. I believe. I think it was like five bucks. Uh, I think it's probably around like ten. Ten. But no, I think like not. right now it's like pretty cheap. Yeah, because I saw it after after we talked about it last podcast. Like, I I saw it on Steam whenever I was like yeah. surfing around. Twenty dollars on Steam. Twenty dollars. Okay. But just to give you an idea. So the game has eighty two thousand reviews and it's ten out of ten. So like people are like into this game. I think it was made by like one guy. What if they add like uh It's on the Switch. A PvP version to this. I don't know. So okay, so it's on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 5, Xbox, PlayStation, it's on everything. Okay, it's yeah. on all platforms. It's on everything now. Um it would be kind of cool to have like a game where you can like play against your enemies and like do a deck building. Like I like that you're playing against an AI. Like the the story part to it is really interesting yeah. to me. But um But I can see them easily adding a um multiplayer like pvp thing to yeah. this making it especially since it's so like uh pop it off right now on steam and everything yeah i also like there's a couple of cards in this game that talk to you uh, like when they come out they like have a conversation with you and they kind of give you hints as to like what you need to do to escape and all the cards are animal cards right? uh yeah yes yeah okay um they're all different animal cards uh, but it is it is a weird game. Like they say, the description on Steam is very accurate. Inscription is an inky black card-based odyssey that blends the deck-building roguelike escape room-style puzzles and psychological horror into a blood-laced smoothie. 
Darker still are the secrets inscribed upon the cards. Ooh. Very, very accurate. Spooky. Um, so yeah, solid, solid game. Highly recommend. Y'all should go pick it up. Speaking of old games <laughs> that we're going back to, <laughs> we're just reliving 2022 in this podcast, y'all. Or maybe even 2021. I'm trying to remember when the inscription came out. I think it came out in 2021. Uh, no, maybe it was 2022. I think it was 2022. 2022. Yeah. So 20. another game that came out in that time. Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, my Lord. If we look back in time, <laughs> Brett was really excited about this game. <laughs> and then it came out, and the reviews weren't uh, so solid. So I kind of let it sit there for a little bit. But I was like, I'm going to get back into it. Yeah, I didn't know if we reviewed it or not, because I remember you were like super pumped, super no, excited. I never did. Never did. I never got it. And one day, it came out on a Steam sale. No, a PlayStation sale. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to buy it. So I bought it for like 15 bucks and never played it. And then... Jason, what happened? Then, so a couple of things happened with this game, actually. Uh, at one of our events, I believe someone was talking to me about the game. Oh, really? They're like, have you played it at all? And I was just like, you know, I heard bad things about it, and it didn't look that great to me. Because whenever you saw it, you were like, oh, so hype. And I was just like, eh, I wasn't whatever. convincing enough. You That's weren't convincing enough. Okay. But this guy okay, said, fine, fuck you. <laughs> this guy was telling me that it's an outstanding game. I need to try it. Refused to buy it. Right. Yeah. Still like refused to buy it. And then I saw it was coming to Xbox Game Pass. And I was just like, guess who has Xbox Game Pass and want to play a game because I just beat a game. This guy. <laughs> man. So. See how much we change your life by introducing a Game Pass, man. I know, man. It's life changing. It's life changing. It's so much better than the PlayStation one. I just. Yeah. You know, it is. I'm just like. This is stuff coming out there left and right. Yeah, I know. And I'm. I'm played so many games on that damn thing and haven't spent well of course i spent my like monthly subscription but shit it is worth it but yeah i started yeah. playing ghostwire tokyo and i asked you if you want to review on a podcast and you're like yeah i i need to play it and i was like well it's on xbox game packs it's like well i already bought it and i was just like oh <laughs> <laughs> yep yep i already bought it and i was very sad about that but um it's okay so i started playing it you started playing it i think yep. about in the same spot i think so about two-ish hour two two, two and a half two hours and a half in. hours in yeah um and it is so i do i will say i kind of wish i did play it on on pc though because it's first person mm-hmm. um which is interesting from a uh from so the people that made this is tango gameworks and they previously made uh the evil within series which is a third person horror game Yes. Yeah. Yes, so yes. it was interesting to see them jump into this in a first person perspective. Um, but I like mouse and keyboard for first person. So I was kind of sad that I'm like using controller, but it's okay. I can get through it. I'm using a controller. Psst, freaking rookie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, so this game didn't do well on launch, but it's on Game Pass. So we're going to jump back and revisit this game and, and give it a little little first look here in our early hours of Old the game. First look. <laughs> um, so it seems like when you first drop it, drop in this game, like it's, it's dubbed, you know, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a Japanese game. So it's, it's got some dubbings going on and there's this, you're in this Japanese town. Definitely reminds me, like it has a lot of like already like Yakuza vibes in a way of just like the menus and like how like things like are set up and designed and the way the cinematography works and everything yeah. like that, which I thought was interesting. Um, but in a good way. Um, and, uh, there's this like mysterious figure, there's this like actually there's this thing that's like trying to look around for a body like a vessel I guess. Oh, you're you're going over what happened. So yeah. basically, um, Akito is that his name? Yes, Akito. He is going to go visit his sister in the hospital because something happened and it's his fault that she's in the hospital, yeah. which you kind of find out later on. But 
as he's heading there, he gets into a car wreck. When that happens, he's on the verge of death. And then we get a first person view of this like uh, spirit trying to find a body, basically. And he hits a hits a person that's alive. He's like, damn it, he's alive. I can't take this one. So he sees Akito and jumps into his body. But Akito wasn't fully dead, I'm assuming. No. Because he, he's, he couldn't take full control of his body. And KK, the spirit that uh, possessed him, is able to give him his abilities, his spirit powers, and all this other jazz. Yeah. But he doesn't have full control. So it's basically what you mentioned before, the nice uh, companion, side companion that's always talking to yeah. uh, Akito. But it, when that happens, a giant fog comes through and starts like... <sighs> I guess killing all these people because well, now they, they turn like into vanish, spirits. Think, yeah, they vanish, but they're spirits now. Yeah, so they're just floating spirits without a home. And then the big bad shows up, and he's just like, "We are going to devour all these spirits and Some the underworld or something." Yeah, the underworld is coming to take over this world and basically close off Japan, Tokyo, and has like a feasting party with all these spirits and just taking them to the underworld. Underworld, and you're there to. Save your sister and get these spirits back to a safe location, from what I can tell. Yeah, it sounds like you take them outside of like the the circle, I guess, or yeah. like the fog, the fog sphere by some guy. Like you pick up these spirits throughout the game, and as you pick them up, you go to this phone booth and you talk to some guy named I think Ed or something like His that. His name's Ed, and yeah. like you open up the phone booth, you use the the piece of paper that you like get the spirits back. You throw it in the phone booth and somehow technology takes them to <laughs> I, I just think of the matrix every time know, he right? does it but sends it through sends the spirits over into a safe area outside the fog where they can be free yeah. little spirits so that's one of those many like side questy like collectible things you can do to yeah. like level up your character and in turn you know get you know get more money get like leveled up like stats and stuff like that from that which is kind of yeah. cool max but, up your hp um, your character himself has what I kind of akin to like Bioshock, like plasmids, but they're not cl- like things that you pick up. Well, you, I guess you technically do pick it up kind of mm-hmm. out over time, but it's not like stuff that you like use as pickups like you would in Bioshock, but it's kind of treated like that. But you basically have magic hands. Magic and, hands. Uh, <laughs> you got uh, wind, fire, and water elements over time. Have you unlocked all three of those yet? I have the fire one. But that's so it. I just got the water one mm-hmm. um, by defeating this boss, and uh, it was really hard ahead of me. Then yeah, okay. I think so. Um, so I got the the water one, which is cool. But it's interesting. I didn't realize it took it took a while for for it to click for me that like when you just have the wind at the beginning, like the little green number down there is like it's based your ammo. Yeah, you know, and you had to like you. I mean, I knew you had to go up and bash up, but I didn't put two and two together. Like, oh, this is just ammunition, basically. Yeah, but it's because they were like calling it like energy or something like that. But energy like, that came over from the underworld is there, and you can like you'll see it pos- like not possessed, but part of like a vehicle, a pot, or a vacuum that's just floating in midair. And all, all you do is destroy it to regain your ammunition for your fire, wind, and air. If anybody ever played Alan Wake, it reminds me a lot of like some weird possessed stuff in that game. Like the way this stuff was possessed in that game is very similar in here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that stuff's like scattered around all over, and you go up to it, you bash it, and you like get energy particles from it, which is visually the game is really cool in oh, that yeah. sense because it's like it's a very dark, 
um, noir style like Tokyo. You know, it's it's sometimes it'll start raining. It's like mm-hmm. always nighttime. You're running around these streets that are like really well lit, um, like with really cool like lighting effects and stuff going on. But then like when you like use your magical powers, I mean, it's like green, red, and blue bright colors that like you know pop into the screen and everything which is really neat even though it's like super colorful it's still a spooky game like it has its moments where it's like spooky and i i have all the lights off because i I just bought the the leds for the back of my monitor Uh, that like matches the color on the screen very spooky and very colorful but no i'm i'm highly enjoying this game i wasn't expecting it. it is open world um which much bigger world than Much, I thought it was going to yeah, be, too. A so lot far, bigger, it seems yeah. pretty, pretty sizable. But, I mean, you have to unlock certain areas by uh, cleansing temples and stuff to uh, unlock the fog that is, like, bad to get into that will kill yeah, you. if you step in the fog, it's like the fog of war in, like, an RTS. But when you step into it, like, you start dying really fast. And you don't want to be in the fog. So you got to get out of that. Mm-hmm. you got to go to the temple. And basically, the, the or the Tory Gates. So you go to the Tory, Tory Gates, Gates, and you cleanse the Tory Gates, and that's basically like when you're playing Assassin's Creed and you climb the top of the tower, you yeah. like reveal the map, and uh, then you can it opens up new side quests and new points of interest locations and all that stuff. Um, but those are pretty fun because you go up there, you gotta kill some bad guys. Once you kill them, you just hold down a button to like cleanse the gate, and then you get a reward. Yeah. Um, in addition to your um, uh, just opening up the map, so mm-hmm. I really really like that a lot. What do you think of the the bad guys so far? Um, so I've only dealt with the umbrella guys and the little girls without heads. And Are those the ones that shoot the little red fireball. No, the, you? that one. That girl has a head, but yeah, she okay. shoots like the slow fireball thing. Those things, man. Yeah, they overwhelm me. She's she's always the first one I take out. Yeah, like right away. I keep forgetting that there's a, a block button. Oh yeah, like yeah. all the fucking time. Yeah, and there's no dodge. So there is. There is. You have to unlock it. It's one of the oh. ability upgrades and stuff like that. But okay. it's like it's a weird. Do- it's like a dodge. Well, it's I guess it's not weird. But you have to like click R three in a direction you're, or click a one of the triggers down in the direction you're going. But yeah, you have the, to unlock it. The mapping on the controller is very strange to me because like uh, usually if you're um, if you're scanning something, like if you have a video game that you scan, you click on the joystick, right? It's either left or right. In this one, it's the, uh, I guess it would be the square button. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so weird. A lot of the mappings are strange. Like I thought the L1 for block was weird. Yeah, that was But then weird. it made sense when I, like, you, like you aim with L2, which yeah. makes sense. But I also thought that like, you know, I could see... I mean, block usually is like circle or something like that. Yeah, it's usually or, like on on the button yeah. pattern. But I don't know. It it takes a while to get used to. It. I don't know yeah. why. I mean, but, it, may, it makes sense once you get into it because like once you unlock all the different weapons, I think mm-hmm. R one is your weapon wheel um, to like select your different abilities and stuff, and then L two is your aim down sights. Aim down sights. R two is just your shoot, like you'd expect. Um, what was triangle? Is triangle triangle? Triangle's the hill. And you got to hold it. That's right. Which yeah. took me forever. Yeah. I thought I just touched when I first it. started playing, I was touching it too. And I was like, oh, I'm healing, I guess. And I realized, oh no, that's just cycling through it's it. Cycling you have to hold it, it down. You have I was to like, hold Son it of down. A bitch. Yeah. It's so annoying. Yeah. But I mean, after a while, I, that's like a small complaint of mine. Yeah. Uh, the world itself, like the one part that annoys me is like, I'll run into a ghost or that's like not really 
an enemy or something. It's just like a ghost that's there. And like these guys are talking about it like I already know what kind of ghost it is. Like, oh, it's a shumi shumi or whatever. I'm like, and they don't go in detail what like what it does, you know? And I'm like, okay. Well, you have to go on your um uh, I don't want to read it. I don't want to read it. it. I don't want to read it. <laughs> we have to, man. That's how you find out. <laughs> oh man. But uh I'm I'm really enjoying this game and I do like the feature of uh I'm still getting the hang of of uh like you have this like Doctor Strange tether that you can use to like climb buildings and shit when you see those birds. Totally forgot I had that yeah. for the longest time. And I was trying to figure out how to get up top on this building. Had to look into that because you don't use it as often as you would think. See, and that's what I was surprised by because when I heard people talking about this game, they were like, yeah, I'm running across rooftops all the time. I was, so I was like, oh, there's going to be like just literally birds on every freaking corner of the nope. building, but there wasn't. I mean, it's very... They're strategically placed, I feel like, based yeah. on like where you are. Most of the time it's spent on the ground. But I mean, you can like technically run around everywhere and do some stuff. And this this thing took me a while where you do the hand signal in order to uh Yeah, the hand like, uh, purge, like that, yeah. Purge an enemy or something like that. You basically have to use the joystick to like match the way it went, but I was using my uh I think my left joystick and it wasn't working at all. And I was just like, what is going on? Because it didn't explain like which one to use yeah, or a good tutorial system. But I figured it out eventually. I don't know. Like there's some bad things about this game, but there's like for how much I paid for it, it was worth it. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a lot of a lot of the things that we're talking about are things that like are just to be there. There it's it's a Japanese game. It's different. You know, the way in which they map things. I think it is. Yeah. Like the the way in which they have mappings and stuff like that, it's just it's slightly it's it's always a different feeling game. Yeah. But um, like one thing I thought was really funny, it's like they have these little shops everywhere, these little marts, and it reminds me so much of Yakuza because you go into Yakuza and they have highly detailed images of these like sashimis and whatever you you can like purchase and buy and they have the same kind of thing in here it's a very very similar game it's just a dark version of it Mm -hmm. um and it's first person of course but um yeah the combat is really cool there's these things like you these life cores you can like rip out of the bad guys so after you damage them enough you have to like hold down l2 and then like pulls out the life core and if you do that basically that's how you get your your ammunition Mm -hmm. back from that that person or if you like sneak up behind them Oh yeah, you can do like, like a stealth takedown, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, um, those are always enjoyable. But yeah, it's it's cool because like every attack, like you have, you know, your you the mo- you get most ammunition from your your wind attack, but your fire attack does like fire shots, and your water does like water like those are like a a line of water mm-hmm. at you, so it's more like a broad range attack. And there's different ammunition maxes per one. But each one also has a hold down ability where you hold it down and it does something different. So like the fire one is really cool. If you hold down the charge attack, it's like a big ass explosion. Mm -hmm. Um, The wind one is like like, like a multiple enemies, it seems like. Yeah. And then the the water one is just like a big like water bubble thing that hits people and stuff like that. But I I like the, the different abilities and I mean, the skill tree is extensive. So, like, I was looking at the skill tree and, like, all the things you can unlock, like, as you level up your character, 
there's a lot of stuff you can do to en- enhance your abilities as you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, unlock new things. I just unlocked a ground pound. So if I'm like up on the air, I can like jump down and like smash on the ground to like hit a bunch of bad guys at once. Unlock the tether one where you can like, if you're above them, you can like. Uh, oh, yeah. I got that one too. Yeah. yeah. Like zoom like, into them and yeah, kill them. on them or whatever. Oh, yeah. You have bone arrow too, which I never use. Yeah, I haven't used it much either. <laughs> I use it the only time I use it. Well, actually, I don't use it for that because I use the for when you go to the affliction area or like the areas that have got all the red shit everywhere. Uh-huh. You have to like cleanse it or whatever. Um, you have to find that little like heart heart thingy or whatever. Yeah, uh, I thought about using it for that, but then I'm like, well, I can just use my hands too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I just never used the bow. I, I might use it at list. some point. I don't know. Maybe it's for like good for stealth potentially. Um, but yeah. Very extensive skill tree, which yep. I thought was cool. Very big map. I mean, this is a surprisingly large scale open world game. Um, lots of side quests to do, lots of baddies to kill. Very lifeless world overall. I mean, everybody's dead everyone's basically. Dead. So it's kind of weird in that sense. You're going through this massive world, but there's like nobody. It's it's like literally everything's there to kill you except for the little doggies <laughs> doggies the little cats, doggies like the cats the animals yeah. are still alive I, I talked to a raccoon oh yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah. you have the ability where you can talk to animals yeah you can read their thoughts you can give like the dogs dog food and they'll find like gold for you the cats run the um run the shops or something that was hilarious yeah <laughs> they run the shops and they like buy things from them there's one cat that you can do like you find items for and get money for them. So I think I found a lion's head or some shit like that mask. Gave it to him. He gave me some Maki. So yeah. I think that's what the currency is called. So you think you're going to finish this game? Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Like just, I heard it's pretty short too. It's like 12 hours, something like that. So really? Yeah. It's not very long, which is weird for being such a big open world. Like you can, you can get to the story in like 12 hours. Damn, that'll be disappointing. But then, then. The, the side quests. So, I mean, there's a lot of side quests that probably would expect, ban that a little bit yeah and there's but, a lot of collectibles too and yeah i think i'll probably like beat this just in time for jedi survivor to come out yeah so that's that's the purpose of it it's just play play something until something else comes out i still got five thousand games i gotta play and finish before <laughs> jedi survivor comes out like fallen order like <laughs> fallen order <laughs> oh my gosh have you customized uh, your character yet no i think it's pointless it's one of those deals like <laughs> this is one where i agree it's like it's not multiplayer uh, so it's like why should i customize the character that i can't see i really thought it, they were coming out with multiplayer for it for nah, some bro. reason let's find out one of the big questions new players is whether or not it goes far to over multiplayer nope, element. nothing nothing it is kind of cool though. On uh, Steam, it's got nine out of ten. So it's got oh no, never mind. Recent reviews are mixed. Ghostwire Tokyo is getting all new DLC when it launches on Xbox Game Pass, but it's not multiplayer. No, I don't know why I thought that. Includes a new area to explore, extended cutscenes, new side missions, all new enemies, quality of life improvements, extra combat skills, and a new roguelite, the Spider's Thread game mode. Ooh, roguelike, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good game. I mean, it's it's definitely for a Game Pass game. This is totally worth downloading and picking up and just trying out. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to do it. It's a beautiful looking game. Um, very interesting. It's not it's not scary. It's just eerie. I don't know. There's some moments that that get me. Well, you're a wimp. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen any yet personally, but I'm also you know. I, I'm the first one to go in the house and demonologist. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. 
there were some moments like going to the hospital at the very beginning, you know, there's some little, little freaky moments there. And then whenever the, there's parts where like the, there's like this corruption that'll take effect. Like there's this one part early in the game where you go in this house to like, you get your bow and then as you're about to leave the house, they like somebody like comes down and like locks it down and like surrounds it with some kind of like force field thingy. Remember that part? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So like this little force field thingy like like manipulates the space that it, you're inside of, I guess. So as I'm like trying to escape it, I have to find these like three different like tokens or totems or whatever to like kill, which will shut down like the barrier thingy that's there. And uh, but as you're doing it, like the the game is manipulating itself, so it's almost like control style, where like shit's like flipping upside flipping down, upside and, down like, yeah. doing all this weird stuff. It was it was really really trippy. I mean, visually this game is is something else for sure. There's a lot of really cool visual effects in this game that just like blew my mind. Um, then there's also like with the side missions and stuff. There's some spirits that are like very bad. Oh, it yeah. wasn't like part of this whole thing, but they're doing like evil corrupt stuff like one one spirit i dealt with kidnapped a girl kept her hostage or her spirit and you had to free him and all this jazz but yeah did you get the one with the little doll yeah that one that was that was was crazy yeah that was an interesting story arc on that one yeah uh yeah a lot of good stuff so far um so a little empty but other than that it's a little weird controls but yeah otherwise it's really cool yeah I like when you like do your little like uh, detective mode. You like drop like this little water droplet or something. Yeah, and it scans the whole area. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, goes to our Tokyo, y'all. Tango GameWorks. It's out available on all systems. Well, not all systems, but it's uh, it's it launched on PlayStation as an exclusive. And then the Microsoft Bethesda deal went through, so now Microsoft was like, "We're bringing that shit to other systems, such as Game Pass." So it's on Game Pass now, it's and there's Game a Pass. DLC that came out with it. So. That's supposed to be free content for everybody. So, oh, hell yeah. Um, you can download that, check it out, and uh, play a little bit more Ghostwire and just in time for the Game Pass release. Next up, we have Nintendo's Indie World that took place on April 19th, 2023. Right. What's Indie World? Yeah, let me let me tell you, Jason. Tell me let about me give Indie you a little World. Inside Indie World. First so, I've ever heard of it. Really? Yeah. Well, Indie World's been happening for a very long time, so you must have been living on a rock. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, they. I don't know how long they've been doing it, but... This was, uh, I think when they brought out the Switch, this was like their answer to like, hey, we can make the Switch a really good indie platform because ah. it's so portable and easy, right? Yeah. So let's make a Indie World showcase every so often, which they drop them unexpectedly. And it's usually like, you know, um, five, I don't know, probably every three to four months they have like an Indie World showcase that features games. A lot of time those games come out the day they launch like the day of kind of thing. Or sometimes they'll be like, oh, those these will be later on the, the year kind of thing. But these are all games that are coming out relatively soon. Um, so that's really exciting. But they showcased probably like 10 or 12 games, I would say. Um, and there's a few that I want to highlight that were really, really cool. So if you guys ever played a game called <laughs> My Time at Porsche, I think was the name of it. Um, it was a game that got really, really popular, really, really fun, really, really neat. I never played it myself, but I know it was really popular. Okay. They have a sequel coming out called My Time at Sandrock. Oh. And uh, this is a game that is uh, expanding the story of the original game. And it's like a little, kind of like you're one of your little adventure games where you go around and like you can craft and farm and stuff like that. But you're like in this like Wild West Town kind of thing. It's like Stardew Valley, Valley or whatever Yeah, it's a little Stardew Valley, a little... 
Disney, Dreamlight Valley, you know, you can oh. build your house and deck it out and like, you know, farm and grow things. And, but there's like a whole story tied into it also. So it's very much a like 3D Stardew Valley, I guess. But it's an indie game and it's like very impressive with like the quality of the, what the fuck? Like what you can do in the game and all the stuff you can explore and run around <laughs> through. It comes out this summer. So. That was a husky with a penguin's body. Uh, yeah, dude. What? So good. <laughs> oh, man. Um, there's also a game called Played Up that's coming out that's going to be a single-player focus game, but it's very much like Overcooked. But just <laughs> one player? But oh, no. It actually, it allows multiple players, but it's a story-based game that... It's not just the cooking aspect, but you're actually building a restaurant. Oh. So it's a roguelike game with managed restaurant management and restaurant touring. So it's like overcooked on steroids because you can bring people in to help you manage your store and like serve the food and all that stuff. You're also building and designing your restaurant and trying to expand it and improve your profits and all this different stuff. And it's the whole like full experience like that where you can build, expand and grow. So it's a little bit roller coaster tycoon and a little bit overcooked in a co-op style game okay i was I about to say this cool. is just overcooked but no i say you know yeah yeah just make your actually make a restaurant yeah no that's a neat little neat little Keep thing but i thought it was very intriguing i was very very attracted to the idea of like you know playing with my friends and pulling you guys in the world that i created myself let me tell you this much i'm not playing this well i'm gonna force you to it's gonna be great <laughs> it's gonna be awesome yeah. i am not a fan of overcook oh really at all yeah it's, that's, creates arguments that dude, shouldn't so be hard. there it's true, and it's true. like it does create enemies yeah. this game comes out in October so October okay. 23 if you want to jump into it there you go it's all for you I'm good I know <laughs> and if you like board games love so one of the themes of this indie game showcase you know like I think Stray kind of started the, the bandwagon Cats, Cats is the big theme right now so <sighs> they had a game that they announced called Quilts and Cats of Calico. And Calico is a board game that you can play. And it's a type of cat. And it's a type of cat. And they expanded that into a board game you can play with people. And there's little cats that run around and you got this little fabric thing and you place down these different pattern thingies to like level up and do whatever you want to do. And cats will like walk on your game board all the time as you're playing the game. And you can pet the cats and interact with the cats and it's super cute and adorable and i hate cats but I this is great i don't understand lovers. the purpose of this game it's a board game <laughs> it's brought so- to life with cats kind of yeah it was basically like a board game but you know you actually have virtual cats there's also customized cats in here so, so the cats cool. just walk around yeah you customize it yeah. and you make a quilt exactly sounds cool right fall 2023 <sighs> game of the year Game of the year. <laughs> I won't go that far. But uh, yeah. So then uh, a little later on, they announced Cult of Lamb. Oh, DLC. Getting a DLC. Oh, shit. Relics of the Old Faith, my friends. I haven't even beat the game yet. Do you haven't beat it yet? No, dude. I fucking. Did I, I beat it? I haven't even made it to the first boss yet. What? Yeah. Well, maybe I did. I just. What are you stopped. doing over there? There's other games You're to play, man. Game. Yeah. Cult of Land, though, is the bomb.com. Too, too much stuff to it. I just, yeah, you're going to jump in and freaking play Ghostwire Tokyo from years ago, but you're not going to finish Cult of Lamb. Maybe. You didn't beat Stray. It's four hours long. <laughs> maybe. 
you know, I won't ever go back. I to shouldn't this. complain because I don't finish games. Yeah, you don't but finish still, anything. <laughs> you play a lot of games, so I, I feel do. like you should. I play a lot of good games, so whenever I play a bad one, I'm just kind of don't want to. You don't keep like Cult of Lamb? I didn't like it. Oh man, was it on your top ten list? No. Oh, I thought it was. No. Okay. Well. Anyways, what's yeah. that deal? So, uh, so Cult of Lamb is uh, DLC is gonna. It's basically just adding more stuff. You know, I'm not gonna play it, but <laughs> it's there for those that love Cult of Lamb, like I did. Um, but it adds more stuff you can build into your cult, you know, land. And then it adds new, like, twists on the boss runs and stuff like that. There's not any new bosses. Oh, it's, it's just the same bosses, just a it. twist on them. There's twists on the thing. So um, it's it's interesting, and it's free, I think. But I don't want to play it for that reason. All that to be said. <laughs> so people that love the game, you can jump back into exactly, it. Exactly, um, exactly. One game that caught my eye, though, is a game called animal well and uh if you guys may remember well, well, well. seeing this on youtube but the infamous video game donkey who puts out videos all the time yep. recently started a publishing company called big mode and he put out a video and this is him on the right actually donkey himself um, i thought he was a black guy everybody thought he was a black guy he's not he's a nerdy white dude that just sounds like he's he just has that he's voice. the one on the right yeah he's a, yeah so this is the developer and from Animal Well, it's one guy who's been working on this game for six years. Who what? is very similar to Dunkey in a weird way. But Dunkey was like, I'm going to start publishing games with my wife. So they did. And that's what they're doing. And this is their first published game with this guy. And it's a very weird. You guys just got to go watch this little clip because it's like the first time like Dunkey shows himself like He's I mean, a he shows himself guy. a little bit. Yeah. You didn't know that? I really thought he was. Yeah, a- yeah dude. Big black man. No. <laughs> He's a little white dude from He's Wisconsin. He's a little white guy. <laughs> well, not a little white, but what the hell? Yeah. But Animal Well is a really dark, interesting game where like you're it's like a side scrolling platformer kind of game or side scrolling, you know, fighting game or whatever. But the the art style is really interesting and it's really dark and spooky and just a lot of neat like visual effects and stuff going on throughout yeah, it. It looks that, cool. Um, really I'm not a fan of side scrollers either. Yeah, I like them sometimes. Like Celeste was great. Yeah, yeah. Animal Well. So that'll be coming out early next year. Big mode. Then we had a game called Crime O'Clock, which I was like, this game looks freaking cool, and I was very into it. So in this game, it's got this really cool like style, like art style, like. It's like, you know, when you get like a book, like a coloring book and you can like color in stuff and everything. Um, That's what it looks like. But it is a game where you are, I'm trying to remember what the premise is of this thing. You're trying to like fill in information about different Crimes? crimes within spaces. So you can like. Look at this big diorama. I was just like impressed by the art here because like you, you've been on the diorama, you're trying to find things that are like off in the space but i think when you do like it's like, like you're where's looking at waldo different time yeah it's kind of like where's waldo and you're trying to like find different discrepancies and things within the uh, different illustrations at different points in time to solve like where crimes took place and i think once you do solve it like it i don't know stuff happens magic happens <laughs> let me pull up the, the proper description because that would be probably better <laughs> all i can say is i was very impressed more so by the art style and the visual 
language than anything. Um, so it's an investigation and time exploration game with a deep storyline. Investigate cases through time and evolving maps by unveiling a multi-eras link story. Will you be observant enough to solve the mysteries? Crime waits for no man. Or bunny. Or bunny. Comes out June 30th, 2023. But just looks really cool. Um, very interesting. Yeah, it looks like a Where's Waldo picture. Yeah. You're looking at it and then you reverse time, <laughs> make time go forward back, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I, can tell. I think so. Yeah, well, I think you're just looking at like screen, like pictures, like visually. I don't think it's like actually moving or anything. Oh. Like you're seeing like visuals of stuff happening, um, which is interesting. Uh, the next game, did you ever play a game called, well, actually, no, this is a different one. There's a game called Teslagrad that was made by this team from somewhere and they're doing Teslagrad 2 and Teslagrad Remastered. So this game has already been out apparently. Tesla? Like Tesla. Like electronic Tesla stuff. Ooh. Yeah, but visually this game looks looks sick. Like there's just some really cool visuals going on here um, that I was impressed by. And it is a very small indie team, not very big. And I was impressed by how it looks. It looks fun. It looks full of beautiful graphics and stuff. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, apparently it's already out on a, um, Steam. It's just coming out to uh, Switch. Huh. But in this game, you are Lumina, a young Tesla mancer. She finds herself stranded after her airship crash lands in Weirheim, a remote and treacherous land to the north. Embark on a dangerous adventure, exploring a gigantic abandoned tower looming over a Ford Fjord Valley on a quest to get Lumina home and back to her family. So, very hmm. cool. But what I'm really hyped about is Shadows Over Loathing. Did you play West Over Loathing? No. Or West West of Loathing. So West of Loathing was a game made by like one guy. We met him at a con one time. He was a really cool dude. Very awkward. Very interesting. Well, not awkward. He was very... <laughs> uh, very different. I mean, you can tell like when you meet him, like this is a game that he would make. Um, but it's a stick figure game because that's the only art they knew how to do when they made the game. <laughs> which, and then they just leaned into it. They made a bunch of stick figures and it's a highly, highly stats focused like game that is all about like, you know, you gotta, you level up your character and you do like these different stat things and like, you know, you have plus and minus this. You collect inventory that you collect over time that you use for like advantages and buffs and this, that, whatever. It's very heavily, it's a high end RPG, mm-hmm. but all with stick figures. And you just like roam around this land and you're trying to, in west, over, west of Loathing, you're trying to get from like one, basically like Oregon Trail, like trying to get from one place to the other. Um, but in this one, it is more of a like a fantasy land, I would say. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it's not per se a sequel, but um, kind of is, I guess. But uh, it's called Shadows Overloathing. And in this one, it is, oh, it's actually already out. Holy shit, how did I miss this? Well, it's already out. So it's now on Switch, which is great. So you can pick it up on Switch. But I missed this one when it came out last year. And you missed this one now. Your face messes one out. <laughs> yeah, I think I did miss this one out. So, mobsters, monsters, and mysteries. The shady side of already black and white world, follow up to West of Loathing. Your Uncle Murray has requested your aid in an antique shop in Ocean City, but upon your arrival, the old man is nowhere to be found. Your investigation into his disappearance and the artifacts he's been collecting take a turn when you stumble across some shadowy plots and a bunch of squirming eldritch tentacles 
that threatened to bring about the end of the world. It's crazy how far we came with graphics and we're talking about a game that is just stick figures. I know. I know. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Especially that, uh, what was that game that you shared the other day, the Unrecorded oh, or whatever unrecorded. that's like looks Jesus so real. Jesus Christ. I thought it was like a just a cinematic trailer, but dear Lord, Dude. that game looks creepy weird. Yeah, he eventually brought out a video of uh, of him like in the engine, mm-hmm. like in Unreal Engine, like manipulating the world to show like, no, this is real. Like this is in the, in the engine. It was really funny. Um, and for those that were big fans of Oxenfree 1, Oxenfree 2 was announced and revealed as coming to the Switch. Bless you. Oh, God. Thank you. I am, like, sneezing like crazy. Oh, this from is from uh, Netflix name. Studio. Yeah. Um, so this is Night School Studio, who got bought by Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they got bought after Oxenfree 1 came out. So this is a game that is not out yet on anything. Are you so, sure? Yes, I'm positive. <laughs> um, I knew this one for sure was not. But this is five years after the events of Oxenfree. Riley returns to her hometown of Kamina to investigate mysterious radio signals again. Uh, what she finds is more than she bargained for. More than meets the eye. Spooky. Did you play the first Ox- Oxenfree? No. Okay. But I remember you were uh, showing it to me. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. But inspired by 1980s horror movies and coming-of-age films, it's uh, yeah, it's got a cool adventure style. Very... Um, Stranger Things esque in a yeah. sense. Yeah. But looks cool. Very excited to check this one out. Um, very similar look and feel, but totally different story, which I'm excited to see that. So this releases July 12th of 2023. And last but not least, the game that they didn't talk much on, but they should have talked more on Bro Tato, everybody. Bro Tato. Bro, Tato, oh, man. man, this game. So this is like Vampire Survivors for anybody that got on the Vampire Survivors bandwagon last year. Bro, Tato is a like roguelike, you know, endless runner, survive as long as you possibly can kind of game. Um, and uh, it looks awesome. It looks really cool. Man, has this came out too already? What the hell? Mm-hmm. all these games are being announced on the switch and they're already here <laughs> well i didn't know it was already here so that makes me sad but it is out already apparently so you can go play this game it came out early late, late last year it's like one of those mobile games where you just go around. oh it's early access that's what no. it is yeah yeah so it's like a mobile mobile game but it looks really really cool um endless weapons shooting <laughs> defending yeah top down arena shooter roguelike where you play a potato wielding up to six weapons at a time to fight off hordes of aliens. Choose from a variety of traits and items to create unique builds and survive until help arrives. So I just found that to be very interesting. And what I like about it too is like Vampire Survivors has that pixel art look to it. So it's really hard to read everything. But this one is just like, it's it's higher quality graphics. And therefore, I appreciate that a lot more. But you just run around and fight off waves of bad guys with as a potato. In a, in a square. In a square, yeah. Which is actually, this is very different than Vampire Survivors. Now, Vampire Survivors is a massive, like, I think, procedurally generated world mm-hmm. that you run around in. And this is just like one little, it's a oh, wave. That's wave based. Yeah. Which in Vampire Survivors, it just keeps going and going and going Jesus. until you die. And you better, you better hope you don't die. <laughs> but anyway, so 
that's what happened at the Nintendo World, Nintendo Indie World. Lots of good stuff, lots of exciting games. Some of which are already out, but they're coming to Switch, hmm. which doesn't hurt to pick them up on the Switch. You know, now that it's uh, here and available. So, any game strike your fancy there, Jason? That you want to play? Nope. Rotato, maybe. <sighs> wow. Okay. Well, that was a waste of time. Wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you all for listening yes. and watching this. If you found anything that you liked from this showcase, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, for people that appreciate any games, yeah. Yeah, let us know. Let us know which one you want to play. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Check it out. Let us know. Ubisoft has had a little bit of a rough patch as of late. Skull and Bones still hasn't released yet. Um, all their other games have been delayed, not right? coming out, delayed, all that jazz. Yeah. But they got one free-to-play game that after a recent um, closed beta reveal may actually have some potential. Remodel. A remodel, <laughs> yes. This is uh, X Defiant. And y'all may remember X Defiant. This is a game that was announced about a year ago. That was like their new free-to-play game. And they mentioned it was like a whole bunch of different classes from different versions of Tom Clancy. And it was going to be Tom Clancy's X Defiant. And they had like the Echelon. They had like Splinter Cell characters. They had Ghost Recon, uh, like the Wildlands characters and stuff like that. They had the Division. Division. And there was another one that's like uh, Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six. Thank you. Yeah. So they had all those different Tom Clancy divisions that are different classes you can play. That stuff is still here. But what they've done is they've gotten rid of the whole street style design that the they coolness. had before, the coolness, the neon stuff. What the kids want. And they've made it a lot more grounded and serious. And I think they're trying to cater to, now it still has a lot of the same like hero stuff and things like that. But I think what they're trying to do is cater to a more adult uh, competitive scene with their branding and design and um, promotion. And that's what they're basically showcasing here. So in this game, it is a free-to-play arena style shooter where most of the maps are going to have your traditional three-lane style, like what you remember from like the early days of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1 and 2. And uh, you pick a class which has different, you know, abilities. One can, you know, one character can heal himself. The other character can do um some kind of like you know have more armor kind of stuff going on and everything but at the end of the day it's really a team-based shooter game where you're attacking um one another you're trying to like capture points or you're doing a team deathmatch or whatever that might be building up kill streaks and fighting uh ground combat no vehicles very tight close quarters arena style gameplay um there's a very extensive weapon customization system that you can like customize literally every aspect of your of your gun gang doesn't have that now i know but this is like (laughs) this is on a level bro is it i mean i guess not i mean it's like battlefield i guess yeah Yeah, it's kind (laughs) of like all the same but it was kind of neat to see you know you unlock it leveling up and stuff like that and then of course there's it's a free-to-play game so there will likely be a battle pass tied behind like cosmetics and stuff for all the weapons that you're playing with um but a lot of people right now are saying that it looks like a game that could potentially you know give some um, um, you know, competition to Call of Duty. Because right now, Call of Duty as its own uh, doesn't really have a whole lot of arena-style competition right now. Um, there's a lot of people that are doing the, the hero shooter game. There's a lot of people that are doing the uh, Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. But like Call of Duty OG, um, there's an there's a interesting need for that. Halo Infinite came out. Unfortunately, it didn't do as hot as we expected it to. But could this game be the one 
that brings people back in, you know? I don't think it will. Uh, yeah, why not? I don't know. It's just, it's a new, it's a new property. It's new IP and it's just, and Ubisoft is not really doing great things at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's in their favor for this game. Like, yeah. I mean, it very well could like the, the big thing I think here is will it, will it, um, does it have the staying power, I guess? And I don't know what is required to like create the staying power. Cause they brought out, what was that game that they brought out the battle Royale that they made? Um, I thought it was this one for some odd reason. I don't know why, but are you talking about the one that was like ghost recon something? No. Oh, not that one. Um, one. Hyperscape. Hyperscape. Oh yeah. I don't remember that one. Yeah. Hyperscape was it was cause it was out for like a hot minute and then it was gone. It got really, really popular and then it kind of like died off. Um, but hyperscape was actually really good. Um, unfortunately they retired the game very fast, but it was a, uh, battle Royale game where you dropped in these pods in this world that was like close, like different regions of it would like drop out instead of like a big circle circle coming in on you. And it was very much a like rooftop, focus game because you have these abilities that would like leap you up in the air and you could get up on top of rooftops and like jump around from rooftop to rooftop and then drop down the ground and go through buildings and mm-hmm. you picked up weapons to upgrade your character and it was it was fun but it lasted you know all but a year and a half maybe and then it like died out so there's rumors that this might also go that same pathway but i mean the game looks good yeah. it's actually from a development team that's a lot of ex call of duty devs that they pulled together to like form this team. Um, so I was, I was intrigued by it. The, the only negative I have right now is that, I mean, is there enough, is there enough here that's different to make you want to jump into this versus like, if you're a call of duty player, like, will you jump ship to this game? I don't know. Maybe not, you know, unless your teams go over that way. Yeah. I don't know what would pull them off from like, I mean, the only thing that's different is the, um, the classes and the abilities, right? what it seems more like. or less and then like you know it's i mean there's different map designs i think the gunplay is the big difference here too it's like mm. the time to kill is a little bit longer um it's it's more there's no kill streaks in this game so you don't have a bunch of people like dropping bombs left and right like you do in oh. call of duty you know there there are like kill streaks but there's no like there's not all that extra bull crap that overtakes the game to where like you know the more you kill, the more you're just like dropping explosions everywhere. Um, yeah. So that's, that could be a reason why it, uh, finds an audience and, and builds up. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I think visually it's a great looking game. I'm just definitely also concerned that like, will it have enough to keep people engaged and coming back? Um, but the gunplay looks awesome. There's a lot of expanded, like a lot of really cool, modifications you know you can do to things and um the map designs look really really solid um hopefully it plays nice like it's smooth you know that's that's gonna be a big difference too it's like if it doesn't play smooth like that could be a deterrent for it but um the videos i saw so far people playing it were like yeah this game's pretty awesome yeah so yeah i mean i'll be down i mean it's free to play so there's that not looking forward to another battle pass or anything, but I usually don't get for like games like this. I, I usually don't get the battle pass anyways. I'm just right. like, whatever. 
Unless it's like a really badass skin that you're like, oh, I got to have that. But it's a first. You got to get stuck into the game. Get sucked into the game. Yeah. wonder when they're going to add Assassin's Creed to it. (laughs) I saw that they had a dead sick from Watch Dogs in there. Oh, that's the other faction that they have, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, that's I think that's why they made it not Tom Clancy's, so, so they can add add other other properties. stuff into it. Yeah, ah, sure. and I have the the rabbits. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, they got all kind of that'd be wild. Oh, having a little rabbit. I guess that's around. what they kind of have going for them. They have all these properties they can right. like, throw into it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So they have. Oh, okay. So they got Libertad, which I think is Far Cry. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got the Phantoms, which are future soldiers. Future soldiers. That might be Ghost Recon. Yeah, yeah ex-ghost. So. Yeah. These ex-ghost. So Ghost Recon. So they have abilities such as Harden. They have a Mag Barrier, Blitz Shield they can equip, and then an Ultra. And then the Libertad Freedom Fighters have Medicine. Um, so they're a little more of a healer Heal. type of character. Um they have Echelon, which are your Splinter Cell characters, with sonar goggles, low-profile agents. They share the location of enemies with your team. So there's definitely like a very different like style to each class, mm-hmm. which I think would require you to have like you know each one person play each different one. one. Uh, cleaners from Watchdogs, or not Watchdogs Watch Division, Dogs. yeah Division. Um, so they're gonna incinerate drone with napalm. They do fire. Bomb, deploy a Molotov cocktail, and then Dead Sack from Watch Dogs. And that's they have a spider bot, ability to hijack enemies, make them your own, pass a trait, fabricate your after device, deploy the fabricator, prints a new one. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they can easily add more more properties from their Ubisoft collection. I can see yeah. freaking whatchamacallit, Assassin's Creed will be the next one. Yeah. And they have Domination, Occupy. More modes come out launch. Tactics defenders can contest subjective points and zone control. Oh, so they also have like push modes like Overwatch. They have like escort a package or like push and pull stuff. Um, popular Ubisoft Warrior Worlds encompass the maps. Personalized loadouts. Yeah. So there you have it. There I don't it know is. when it's coming out yet, but it's coming out on... All platforms at some point for you to play. Even PlayStation 4? Jesus. Even Amazon Luna. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the funny part right there. So we'll see. Will Ubisoft finally have a hit on their hands? I don't know. They might. I mean, Rainbow Six Siege is doing really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? They could they could pull it out of the bag, you know? Never know. So X Defiant, let us know what you think in the comments below. If you do think it looks like a Call of Duty killer or if you think, nah, there's no way it can be Call of Duty. Love to hear from you. So let us know. Let us know in the comments below. Last but not least, we are going to do something a little different here on the Intergamer Podcast. It's a little different. And we're going to review not a game, but a movie. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. This is <laughs> our review of Dungeon and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. The reason we're reviewing this, obviously, Dungeon and Dragons. We play a lot of Dungeon and Dragons, it's a game. Why not talk a little bit about the movie? I'm just is excited to talk about it. I'm already hearing his voice. I'm not that excited, but you know, <laughs> it was it was a good film. I was very very excited about it. It was okay. Oh oh, oh <laughs> we got some 
different opinions uh, over here. It was okay. oh, I think shit. I was the only one that had negative thoughts on this movie. Yeah, you need to get your bad thoughts so. out of here, friend. You need to get those bad thoughts out of here. So Dungeons and Dragons, the movie, is a 2023 film. came out recently. It is about a charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers who embark on an epic quest to retrieve a long-lost relic. But their charming adventure goes dangerously awry when they run into a foul of the wrong people. A foul of the wrong people. A lot of wrong people, basically. Um, this is Paramount Pictures, adapted from Dungeons & Dragons. It features Chris Pine as the main character with support from uh, Michelle Rodriguez and Daisy Head and Sophina Lillis and a bunch of other people. Hang on a minute. There's other people. Who's the dude that was... Uh, uh, Hugh Grant. Oh, Hugh Grant. So I was thinking of, and several other folks. So this movie came and went. And Jason, I'd like to hear your thoughts first. Tell me what you felt about this film, the plot, the story, the characters, the adventure. Uh, I okay. So I, I talked to Travis a little bit on this. They they captured the world of D and D. In my own opinion, I, I'm not wronging them on that it was just I agree. the storyline and the character development i did not enjoy i thought it was rushed i, I thought the moments that were supposed to be like moving and sad just wasn't and i, I think they were just like cutting hairs between like let's be super funny but let's have this serious moment that didn't really feel serious at all and i was just like really it just i didn't feel any emotion towards anything but it was a funny, decent movie. It's not a movie I'm going to watch again. It's a one-time watch. I'm done. Was I upset that I went to the movie theater to watch it? Uh, a little bit. I should have just watched it at home. Mm. That's my opinion on it. It's just have it on. That's it. And like, I don't know. I think that was my biggest issue was the character development. I didn't really see it as well. I will say I felt that the movie was very silly, um, very silly and very Hollywood silly where like uh. they made stuff that was like, it just, you're watching, you're like, okay, this is, it just, I don't know. There was a lot of like far-fetched stuff that happened, which I mean, in a Dungeons in and Dragons movie, far-fetched? it's going to be far-fetched. <laughs> yes. But the way in which they treated it felt very like Hollywood far-fetched. Uh huh. And not like, I don't know. I just felt like it was, it was, it was different. It felt like a bunch of Hollywood people who are like, yeah, D and D really popular. Let's jump on that. And they got some people to consult, but not really like get super involved in it. Mm -hmm. And that may have affected it negatively because I think, I also think too, like to your point, like things were felt a little rush. I do agree that that happened a lot. Like, I feel like, like what if they made this into a TV show? Oh, that'll be good. See, I think this would have been a really good TV show. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like Mandalorian style, you know, where it's like they're, they allow time to develop these characters. Have it, I mean, because there's so much you can do in a D&D world mm -hmm. that like there's no reason you couldn't have like these story beats from episode to episode. And you, you can know, have like standoffs of it like oh, crazy, yeah. you know, because I'm curious, like if, if they do come out with a sequel, more than likely they will because it's doing outstanding. I'm curious if they're going to, go with the same cast or just do a whole different story arc for a whole new thing. You know what I mean? And just have it keep going that way. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're going to have some of the same 
characters in here, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know how they would kind of treat that through. I mean, it's like you have your D and D adventuring crew right here. So Mm. you might, they might want to keep all the same characters in there. See, that's where I think they shouldn't. I think they should go with a whole new story and call it something totally different. Cause this one's called uh, dungeons and dragons, uh, honor among thieves, maybe call it something else, you know, and have a whole new cast in there. Yeah. And just keep it going that way. Yeah. Cause their story wrapped up pretty well at the end. I mean, everything nice little bow. Yeah. Know? It was a nice little bow. I mean, they might, they, this might be it. They might not run this any further, but I think, I think it was kind of a miss on their part to not, not make this into a full fledged like TV, TV show, show kind of thing. I think if they would have picked it up and, yeah. They may have done a bad job with it. They may have like gone the Halo route and just like screwed it up. But like I think there's, I mean, the budget was super high. But like if they, there's a lot of story beats here that could have been developed a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and then made for some really interesting like just episodes across the board. And then your finale is like the end battle in that big maze yeah. that like hits it all home. There was a post credit scene at the end. Yeah. I didn't know we watched that. it, didn't we? No, I don't think we did, do we? We I stayed hate. for a post credit scene that was awesome and looked it up, and he was like, there's a post credit scene. And we stayed and we watched like a short clip. I forgot what it was, but it wasn't much. It was something about one of the characters that something happened to them. Huh. And I'll, I'll have to up. look it up. Interesting. I hate it when films do that. I, I think it's... Yeah, I kind of agree. It, it seems like every scene, even John Wick Chapter 4 had a oh, really? post-credit scene. I was just like, what the hell, man? It's become a trend now, man. It's like a trend, but if you don't normally do it, why do it? You know what I mean? Like, well, this is the first movie they've had, so. I guess so, but you still. Start it, you know? Just have everything. Just <laughs> uh, It's weird because I just like looked it up, and it's like, no, Dungeon Dragons Honor of Thieves does not have a post-credit scene, (laughs) but it actually does have a short one, as I recall. Um, uh, Let's see. So wasn't him trying to escape the jail cell, was it? I thought that was in the movie. No, hang on a minute. It was a, it was like a, it was a payoff to a joke from somebody else, but I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, huh. what do you think about, about this film? I Oh, I told you. It's good. But <laughs> I just, I don't know. They captured the world D&D. They did that perfectly in my mind. But uh, everything else was just the story beat seemed rushed. Characters weren't that very well developed, especially his daughter dealing with that whole scenario. And I just, him doing that thing... That I don't want to talk about it because it'll spoil some beats. I'm just like I don't feel anything for this, you know. Yeah, but I do agree with you. A TV show of this would be phenomenal. Yeah, especially if it was on like HBO Max or something. Oh, the post credit scene was the uh, the uh, one of the skeleton dudes still waiting. Oh, for, still. Oh, that's still waiting right. for a question. Still waiting for a question. <laughs> Yeah, oh. that was good. There was there was a lot of really cool like D and D moments in here that was like hilarious. Like the there was a part. I mean, not not spoil too much of this, but like yeah, the big gelatinous jello you can jump into. Like those are things that are only inside of a freaking D and D game. Or like uh, when they had the um, uh, should I just lost it. What was the the other scene that I thought was really funny? Um, the big fat dragon. 
Oh yeah, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, just all those different different modes. It's like okay. I want to try and roll this and see what happens. And then it does happen. You're like, hell yeah. Especially when he was trying to sneak away. And yeah. Used, uh, used some ability. I can't remember what it's called, but to make a copy of himself and they fucked up and the copy started like, Oh yeah. Deforming. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they were trying to break into the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones where it's like, Oh, that person rolled a one. That's yeah, for sure. That's it. Um, yeah, it was, it was a fun film, but I thought, I thought it was worth going to theaters for, for sure. But it was definitely, um, I'd give it like an eight out of 10, maybe, maybe a seven and a half out of 10, probably seven and a half, eight, yeah, eight seven, somewhere around there. Seven's good. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good film, but not a great film. Um, but next Super Mario brothers, that's what's on my list. I want to see that. See how that is. Let's go. See it good. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that would be mean, oh. but that'd be funny. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Why not? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let me know what y'all think about this film. If you liked it, if you didn't like it, um, if I, th- I really think the the TV show that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's the way. Make to go. it a TV show. I don't know who would produce it. Like if you, if you were to do that, like this 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 movie was produced by somebody. Um, I think it was Paramount or something like that. Paramount. I don't think I want it on Paramount because they already jacked up Halo. Oh, like, they'll probably put it on Paramount. <laughs> yeah. Because I think they own that property. Do they? If they I mean, Hasbro. But maybe oh maybe they do for like screen. Yeah. For movie tides. That's why yeah. Batman can't be in TV shows. Because uh, they sold that, that individual character to a movie company and only that movie uh not uh, to a television company. Right? And the television company they sold it to created the Adam West Batman. And they have it for life, not just that's wild for a contract. But they own the rights. That's why you don't see like Batman and Arrow or Smallville or anything like yeah. that because they don't own the rights to him at all. That's so wild to yeah. me. So it's crazy that like I feel like you think these people would get together and be like, "This is just better for people." So let's just like <laughs> you know the whole Spider-Man debacle and this. Oh, or it's just like. Well, cause Can't it, we all just get along? Yeah, well, I mean, they tried multiple times to do that, but then the money starts coming up, you know? Yeah. Like, who's going to get this? Who's going to get that amount? So, yeah. They have to work their backroom deals. So, that's fair. Yeah. It's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Honor Among Thieves, everybody. A not bad movie, but also... Not great. Not great. But I'm glad. <laughs> I think what's cool is, like, there's going to be people that watch this are going to have a good time with it and be like, huh, D&D might be cool. And then they Let's jump into D&D it. and they're like, oh my God. Yeah. Why? <laughs> they're like, oh my God, why did I do this myself? Yeah. <laughs> Let me just go back to playing a video game. Oh. And then that'll be that. So check it out. If you haven't watched it, go see it. If you are interested after our review, if not, wait till it comes out on, uh, what do the kids do these days? Streaming. Streaming. Yeah. Wait till it comes on streaming. Netflix is getting get rid it. of their DVDs now. Finally. Yeah. Like, we're took them long enough. Took them long Surprise. Enough. I didn't know they were still doing it, to be honest. They're still doing it. (laughs) That's crazy. Looking forward to the next few weeks, let's talk about upcoming video game releases. First up, we have Star Wars Jedi Survivor coming on the 28th of April to PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. The story of Cal Kestis continues in Jedi Survivor, a third-person galaxy-spanning action adventure from Respawn Entertainment. 
This narrowly driven single-player title picks up five years after the events of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and follows Cal's increasingly desperate fight as the galaxy descends further into darkness. Pushed to the edges of the galaxy of the, by the Empire, Cal will find himself surrounded by threats new and familiar. As one of the last surviving Jedi Knights, Cal is driven to make a stand against the galaxy's darkest times. But how far is he willing to go to protect himself, his crew, and the legacy of the Jedi Order? Now, I wonder what would happen if they, like, you know, five is such, like, a good, like, a nice number. Like, why isn't it six years? Four years? You know what I mean? Three years after. Why do they pick five? It's just because it's easy? You know, like, five, ten, fifteen, twenty? Like, is that where they got that from? I, get, I don't know. Just think about that. You know, it's like, why don't well, we ever see, like... How many years has it been since the game came out? The first one. Well, that doesn't matter. It does. No. It does. No, it's in the story. It's five years after <laughs> the events. <laughs> I don't know. Cause I get, are you are you complaining about it I'm being just five? Saying, or how, like, how do they land on five? Like, is there like a, well, that's a, a can, canonical reason for yeah, it, or is, is just like, oh, it just sounds good to do five? It, it, took do five. Them, it takes them five years to be like a successful Jedi. But why five? Why not four? I don't know. Or Ask six. George Lucas. <laughs> or seven. Come on, George Lucas. We can do ten. You, you picked five because it was easy. <laughs> you picked five because it was easy. Anyway, what else we got coming out, Jason? Okay, also on May 2nd, Redfall, Xbox, and PC. This will be on the Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Drops, dude, I'm excited. The island, uh, the island town of Redfall, Massachusetts. Called Massachusetts. I can't pronounce that one. Is under siege by a legion of vampires who have blocked out the sun and cut the citizens off of the outside world. Explore the open world and immerse yourself in a deep story campaign as you unravel the mysteries behind vampires' appearance. Ally with a handful of survivors against the creatures threatening to bleed the town dry. You know what else we need to play? What? Dead Island 2. Dude, it's King of when's, Reviews. When's that one going to come out? It's, it's already out. It's already here. We got to oh. finish Evil West first. Oh, yeah. Evil West. <laughs> Too many games. <laughs> Too many games. We got like, what, three more missions on that one? Yep. Oh. We've been saying that every podcast. Now it's two more. Now it's too many games. I'm playing too many games. It's gonna be great. We're going to finish it one day. I'd say let me just stop or skip the festival day. We'll <laughs> just play that, play but, Evil West. Yeah, I don't know. See what happens. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out in two weeks for more from your favorite video game podcasts. If you like what you hear, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't forget to join us at twitch.tv slash gamercast each and every Wednesday, Tuesday, each and every Tuesday, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. If you have a topic you want to hear us talk about, you can email us at hello at Mm. You can also join us in on the conversation on our Discord channel. Check out the show notes for the link. If you want to support our show, you can donate on our website at theintergamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast, videos, and streams even better. And as always, if you want to contribute monetarily, please take this time to share this episode with a friend, family member, or loved one. The more eyes we get in front of our content, the faster we grow and it helps more than you know. Thank you for your continued support. My name is Jason Hobbs. And I'm Brayden Oski. And you have been listening to The Inner Gamer. Catch you guys next time. Podcast out. out.